to me. It does something to me, man. Gosh. Because I feel like... I'm sorry about that. I feel like we all need to get on a bus. And I feel like we need to get took away for a while. Let me tell you something. What happened there? Now, has anybody ever watched that movie, Remember the Titans? I, I encourage you to watch that movie. Okay, I encourage you to, especially as a church person. You need to look at it through the eyes of a follower of Christ. But that team right there, they came together in those two weeks. Okay, They were pushed to, to big limits, and, and they jailed, as you've seen. That was at the tail end, and they was getting ready to head back to their city. Well, there was great racism. Okay, There was big time. Okay, They came together as one, but they still had to go back. And they faced opposition. And friend, I don't think we understand the opposition that we're going to face in less than 24 hours. I don't think we embrace the fact that we have an enemy that wants to take us out. But yet we're not training. We're putting no training efforts at all into being a follower of Christ. And I feel like my assignment, love me or hate me, if I got one person here, I got 10 million people here. I feel like I'm that coach. And I feel like that's why God's placed me in the body of Christ. Not to preach messages that tickle your ears. No, it's not that. You know why? Because the devil don't play fair. And he is waiting to take you out. And when things happen and go against you or your family, I want you to be able to do what these players were able to do when they got back to all the pressure, all the hatred, all the ugliness that was, was waiting on them when they got back off those bus. They didn't even get off the buses. They were just pulling into the school and the banners were there. Everybody's yelling. You have black, white. I mean, it's just turmoil. But they got off that bus as one. When is the body of Christ going to become one? We're fellowshipping with people. We don't have no business fellowshipping. We're hanging around people that we should not be hanging around. We're listening to things we shouldn't be listening to. We're doing things that God knows we should not do. But yet when the enemy comes in and he's there to take your lunchbox, guess what? We end up giving it to him. Or we don't know how to respond. And we crumble. And we start saying stuff like this. Why did God let this happen to me? Why did God do this? Instead of when shame comes knocking at your door of your life, you push shame back. When strife, gossip comes knocking at the door of your heart, you push back. Sickness knocks at your door of your life and says it wants to take you out. You say, well, you've messed with the wrong dude today, Jack. So what happens is I found out that Jesus took all my sickness and disease on the cross. So guess what? Another thing coming, Jack. You're going down. Well, we respond because we've trained you know what caused that team to go on to be undefeated in the midst of turmoil and pressure? Denzel Washington, as he was playing the coach on that team, was literally under so much pressure, he didn't even realize it through halfway of the season, that really if he lost one game, the board, which was all white, was going to fire him. They were looking for him to lose. But you know what happened? The team that was black and white said, we ain't going to let that happen. Guys, look, just like they were banging their heads together, we want victory, we want victory, we want victory. Well, you know what? Jesus paid a price. And Jesus is wanting to build a church. 
And we want to help him build this church. And we want victory. We want to see people come to know Jesus. We want to see people get out of bondage and into, into light. We want to see people that are lost saved. We don't want to be inside this four walls bickering about stuff that don't matter. There's people lost and dying and going to hell. Are we going to train? Are we going to push? Are we going to pray when we don't feel like it? Are we going to talk to God? Are we going to read the Bible when everything else is going around us? Are we going to engage in Him instead of engaging and hugging and wrapping our affection around everything else that does not matter and brings you no life at all? You can work 80 hours a week and you will still never get ahead. Never, never, never. You can get the most prestigious job, the most prestigious position, and it won't fill the God-aching hole on the inside of you. We was not designed for materialism. We was designed to use material things to help people and bless people and see them come to know a God you know. It's serious, guys. We got to quit playing the church. And start training for something way bigger than this building. Because what I want out of everybody in this room is when you leave, you are ready to fight back. That you ain't going to let shame and guilt and condemnation come against you and in your thoughts and, and try to beat you up saying you're nothing, you're no good. No, you are something. You're the head not to tell, above and not beneath. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm telling you, he is with you. And I want to see you guys be all God's called you to be. You see somebody hurting in your church family, help them. God, man, let's create an atmosphere where nobody's left behind. Nobody is. I mean, we started small groups just a few weeks ago. We're starting another one here next week. I think, you know, uh, uh, Kurt and Christy are going to share a little bit about that. What are these small groups for? These small groups are to draw you closer to Jesus. I mean, we got a lot, I mean we're doing this on Wednesday night with the students, and we have a handful of them coming out. But we'd like to see all of them come out. You know what we're talking about in our small group? Getting to know God, talking to God, and praying and seeking Him. Is that something that our younger generation needs to hear? Is that something that you as a student would like to know that if you heard from God, you could take a left instead of taking a right? Would that not be valuable to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if we make excuses instead of plays, guess what? We don't get there. If we don't train, we don't hear. If we don't train, we don't hear. If we don't train, we don't hear. And there's nobody to blame but you. I'm going to tell you something, guys. It ain't convenient. And if you're waiting for a convenient gospel, this ain't the place for you right here. I can promise you that. There's nothing convenient about uh, uh, serving our Lord. Nothing convenient. What do I mean by that? I worked all day Wednesday. Got off at 4 o'clock. Whoop, whoop. Two hours and 15 minutes later, I pull up in my driveway. It's 6.15. Oh my gosh, small group starts at 7. Well, I could come up with a lot of excuses because Belinda's there, Hannah, Corey, and Brandon are there. No, I'm tired. It's been a long day. No, you take a shower, you get your butt in the truck, and you go down there and you hear what God's got to say. I don't make excuses. And if I ain't going to make excuses, I don't want to run with people that are going to make excuses. Let's think about that for a minute. Because I'm not running a popularity contest, guys. I could give a rat's rip what any of y'all think about me. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Really? I'm a dead man. 
I died. My life is hid in Christ. You know what I see? I see a bigger picture. Just like that coach saw on that football team, he saw a bigger picture. He saw everybody on that team being better than what they were. And he was going to push them. What did he say? We're going to train different. We're going to work out different. We're going to win different. What's he saying? We're changing some things. What did our master Jesus say in Romans 12, 1 and 2? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be renewed or transformed by the renewing of your what? Training. Training. Why? Because we have an enemy. But see, the problem with Christianity is there's nobody at your door. There's nobody on the playing field pushing you every single day. You got to push yourself. You got to challenge yourself. And you got to not accept failure. And you can't accept quit. You got to keep pushing forward. Because there's a greater cause going on here, guys. This is not a place where we come just to hear a great little message and, oh my gosh, or is he going to say something today? I mean, we're so uh, used to hearing messages that we can almost hear a message and go, okay, that's good next. That's good next. I mean, people listen to podcasts and listen to messages one time. Whoa, that was good. Next. Never listen to it again. I mean, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and 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 by hearing. So if you have a lack of faith, if the devil's running around in your house and you don't know what to do, maybe you need to hear, 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 hear and get equipped to be able to push back. Because I'm going to tell you something. Shame and guilt, condemnation, you're worthless, you're no good. I mean, look at the situation you have in your life. Look at how people have treated you. Do you see how people have treated you? They've, it's so unfair. I mean, man, you deserve better than this. Who's talking that way? You know what we deserve? Let me tell you what we deserve. We deserve hell. We deserve to never be accepted by God. That's what we deserve. If we got what we deserve, friend, I'm going to tell you right now, it wouldn't be pretty. But because Jesus stepped in the way of what we deserve and actually took what we deserve for us, now we can say, greater is in He than the the world. Get thee behind me, Satan. You have no place in my head. Just because the thought goes in your head, that don't mean it has to go into your heart and into your life and drive you. You take that thought and you throw it away. Get it out of there. Let's look at a scripture. (laughs) I'm going to turn to a scripture. But I'm telling you guys, I want to be that guy that pushes and pushes and pushes you. You may get mad at me. You may not like me. I changed some things up like the chairs today. I don't want you to get comfortable. We're going to change things up. This is a church that will change periodically. Because guys, look, we get married to methods instead of married to the Savior. And we get looking to how it needs to be or how it was and the sweet by and by. No, we need to kick that sweet by and by out of the way. And we need to look at the re- right now. Jesus, Amen. Because Jesus is the star of Revolution Church. If you came here looking for promotion and stardom and being popular, not here. There's only one person that's popular around here. His name's Jesus. And he's going to continue to be popular. I don't want nothing we do here to be exalting of a man or a woman. We exalt Jesus in everything we do. Because if I do something for you, expecting you to give me a thank you, darling, and a hand clap, darling, you're so amazing, Nathan. Oh, it's so awesome, Nathan. Then when I do something and you don't give it to me, what do I got a temptation to do? Well, you don't appreciate me. Uh-uh. No. No. I do what I do for Jesus, okay? And I want you to do what you do for Jesus. Because then a $750 check can come knocking at you. I just want to bless you. You're awesome. You're amazing, okay? 
That's what your daddy wants to do for you. Well, in Matthew 16, verse 17 through 19, I'm just going to read a few scriptures because I know we got some food cooking and I'll pick this back up next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this is really the power of teamwork, the part one. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew 16, verse 17. I want you to read along with me. Because we're opening up the Bible, I'm getting ready to read Scripture. Did you know that one Scripture can literally change somebody's life forever? One. One. Did you know that 1 Peter 2.24 says, By His stripes you were healed? That one Scripture has enough power to clean every hospital of every disease, cancer, sickness, or it could clean it out today. It has that much power in that one verse. I'm telling you guys, this word is powerful. This word will change your life. This word is the only thing you have to get things in order and get people off of you, get the devils off of you, and get them out of your life. The Bible says in verse 17, Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now let me, what's he revealing, Okay. Prior to this, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? I mean, what's the talk? What are they saying? Some say, well, some say you're, you know, uh, you know Jeremiah. Some, some say this, some say that. And then all of a sudden, Peter piped up and said, no, I know who you are. You're the son of God. That's who you are. Okay, so that's why he's, he's doing this because he asked a question earlier. And he said, you didn't learn this from a human being. And he goes on to say, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my what? And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Might conquer it? Could conquer it? Will not conquer it. And I will give who? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. You. You. Okay? When he's talking to Peter, he's talking to you. Okay? He's no respecter of persons. And then look at here. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He's saying what you say goes. What you say goes. Jesus has already finished the work, given us the keys to everything in heaven. That means what Jesus has is ours. What the kingdom of God has is ours to use on earth right now. Not in the sweet by and by. But if you don't use it, it ain't going to do us no good. So we are the ones that's going to help Jesus build his church. Did y'all hear that right there? Jesus is not building the church. Y'all need to know that. He's not here right now. So you look around and these are the building people. Hallelujah. We're going to build the church. Well, how many of you know that we can't build the church if we're arguing with each other? If we're fighting amongst each other? We're lobbying for position. Oh, why didn't I get this? I deserve this. I should have got that. I should have got Why did he get that? Why did she get that? Why don't nobody notice me? I think it's about my time to do something around here. If we're inside arguing, and this is an epidemic all around the world in the United States of America. I mean, you've got more strife and bitterness and jealousy in the church. It's ridiculous. But we're called to build His church. This was Jesus' heartbeat. This was His mission. This was His mandate. He wants to build the church. Why? The church has what in it? People. People matter to Jesus. And people need to matter to us. More than us matters to us. I mean, if everybody in this room was to drop dead today, and I believe, you know, that ain't going to happen until we get done eating, okay? But I believe everybody in here would probably go to heaven. 
Okay? Probably. I'm about to read a passage, and I want you all to think about that. But I'm just saying more than likely everybody in here would go to heaven. So we're taken care of, right? So whatever happens, good or bad, we're good. We're good. But your ugly neighbor, or your ugly friends at school, those people at work that you'd like to just give them a knuckle sandwich, or sometimes even in your family, amen, they matter. They need Jesus. They need help. Well, who's going to help them? We are. We're the ones that's going to do it. And Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, I want you all to check this out. This is how the world's going to know who we belong to, okay? I want us all to read it together. It says, so now I am giving you a what? Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Check out this next one. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my your love for one another. Your love for one another. Listen, if people in the world come in here and they are even feeling the sense of what they feel in their cubicle at work, they'll never come back. They'll never come back. Never. Never. But if they come in this building and they sense something and feel something and they're celebrated, then guess what? There's a good chance they're going to come back. Well, who's going to make them feel that way? We are. Pastor. Pastor's going, pastor will do it. Pastor and his wife. Pastor and his wife. You know, they'll, pastor and his wife. Pastor will do it. Pastor and his wife. Pastor. Somebody ain't here. Well, I guess the pastor and his wife will call them. Pastor. 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 Uh-uh. No. The culture we create determines on us. It's on us. The culture we have in this church is all on us. We're responsible for that. It can be a self-ish culture or a selfless culture or it can be an all about me. Thank you, dog. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I believe you guys want that right there. The world don't need more of the world. The world need to come in here and they need to see something different. And that's what Jesus said. When they see the love we have for one another, guess what's going to happen? That's going to be attractional. Love is attractional. It is very attractional. No love is normal. I mean, people go to work, go to school, go to their job, go to their, sometimes even their homes, and they expect things not to go that well and not to hear, I love you. But when they come in, they say, oh, man, Belinda, where have you been? I have missed you. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh, I was praying for you this past week, man. I just believe God's got some big things in store for you. Or let's just come to church and do this. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that game's going to be good today. I can't wait to see that game. That's going to be good. See, that's, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> Because, see, the pastor will greet everybody. The pastor will love on everybody. Yeah. The church will be built around the pastor. Hmm. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not come against it. Friend, I want to give you a newsflash. The church is all of us. Amen. You know, Jesus is the head, right? Would everybody agree that Jesus is the head of the church? Yeah. So he's the boss. Everybody underneath the head, what, what are they considered? 
members. Body, yeah, body of Christ, but the body is made up of what? Members. Okay. Did you know what the pastor falls in? We're a member. <laughs> we're a member. Our role is to do what we're doing. But everybody has a role. Okay? My arm has a role. All right? My leg has a role. They all have, they're different, but they're all below the head. Guys, we have an opportunity in Henry County to do something that's never been done before. We do. If you think that every church has done everything that there is to be done for the glory of God, you have bumped your head. <laughs> and if you judge a health of a church by the members it has, you've even hit your head three times. I'm telling you, don't ever measure success by numbers. Okay? Never. Alright? I can tell you that right now. In order to be a champion, you've got to train like a champion. When you go to the Olympics and you watch the Olympics, how many people are narrowed down to those people that are representing the United States of America? There's thousands and thousands and thousands that are narrowed down to a few people that are representing the United States. Okay? So I'm telling you, there's few people that are willing to pay the price and to see what is on the other side of that price paid. I really believe that Jesus wants to pour out His Spirit on all flesh like we have heard Him talk about. I believe that He has left us for such a time as this to see signs, wonders, miracles, dead raised, wheelchairs emptied, people's lives be put together right before our very eyes, come in the church and actually get saved before they ever hit the door. That is what God wants to do. And that's what I desire to see done right here. Not just another sermon series, not nothing, another cute title, another video, another whatever. I want to see lives change, but I know it takes all of us, all of us, Buying into what God wants to do. I mean, again, we're just normal people just like you, but I want to see a move of God like I've never seen before. I have lived too long. I have been through so much. I want to see Jesus do something that He's been talking about for a long time. But I know it comes with a price. And if we're going to build the church His way, we can't look for the road of least resistance. If we're looking for a comfortable path to revival, it don't exist. It don't exist. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to shift some things in your schedule. You're going to have to ask yourself, do you really want this? There's two particular passages that I won't read right now for the sake of time, but I'll, I'll ask you to read it. But in chapter 2 of Acts, the last three or four verses, and chapter 4 of Acts, the last few verses, and what he's talking about is a group of people that are sold out to the kingdom of God. They've been touched by the Spirit of God. They've been touched by Jesus. They don't have a Bible. They just have some manuscripts from the apostles. They begin to start actually uh, getting in the house and going to the temple and studying these things out. They begin to sell lands and houses and bring the proceeds to actually help those that are in need. They're saying, we're sold out. This gospel is more important than them 100 acres I got over there. Let's just go and sell that. I'm good. Let's give the money and help some people out. These people were all in. I mean, all in with every ounce of energy they had. Advancing the kingdom was more important than advancing their kingdom. They wanted to. Why? Because they knew and they were touched. They knew that this was changing lives. And you ask yourself in Acts chapter 2 when they're doing all this and they're meeting every day from house to house and they're going to the temple. Well, that's all they had to do in those days. You know, that was a stone age. I mean, they didn't have all of what we have today. They didn't have no activities. They didn't have no recreation. All they had to do was sit around and just kind of do nothing. Watch 
tomato plants grow. Watch the chickens run around the backyard. They didn't have no schedule. They didn't have nowhere to be. See, there again, false conception. Those are people just like me and you that had a schedule. They had a life. They had a football team they cheered for. Might have been gladiators or something. I don't know what it was, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, they had something. Roman Coliseum. I mean, they probably had some crazy stuff too. I mean, they had sports. They had activities. They had things going on that they had to choose to put to the side and put Jesus at the forefront. And they literally, the Bible says in the book of Acts, they were turning the world upside down with this so-called Jesus. What's changed? We got a world out there that is ripe for some truth, ripe for some love, ripe for some miracles and signs and wonders. But again, the only one that's able to do signs and wonders, Tina, is the pastor. He's the only one. Nobody else can lay hands on the sick at Walmart and see them get healed. Nobody can do that. There's no way you better pray for somebody you know, in your workplace. By God, you better not. You better get them to church. You get them to church. Pastor, pray for them. Pastor. Yeah, pastor. Yeah, the anointing's on the pastor. He's the, he's the anointed one. No, we're all anointed. We all are carriers of who? Jesus. Every single one of us. Young people, you guys could literally turn your whole school upside down because the same Jesus in you is the same Jesus in me. There's no baby Jesus and adult Jesus. Oh, I got baby Jesus. He's going to grow up one day. We're going to be big. We're going to do some big things. No, everybody gets Jesus. Everybody gets the same Jesus. But what does it take? It takes training. It takes pushing. It takes you pushing into the presence of God while everybody else is not. And you don't judge them while you're doing it. You don't look down on them. I don't look down on none of y'all. I'm just being a coach up here. I'm just trying to coach you, okay? Whether you do it or not, I love you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's not the point. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But I do know this, guys. If we really want to see what the Bible tells us we can see, it's going to take work. We're going to have to train. And we're going to have to lay aside what we think needs to be done. And we're going to say yes to what he says be done. Because contrary to maybe what maybe some of y'all believe, Jesus is the head of this church. Now, He's elected me and Belinda, and He's graced us to do what we're doing. We're not perfect, but He's graced us to do this. We're just doing our part in the body right here. And I encourage you guys to continue to do your part. And those that are not doing nothing in this place right now, check yourself and say, man, is there something I can do? There's a lot we need to do at this church. We want to start... Ushers, we want to start, we want more people in the children's ministry, we want more people in hospitality, we want more people in media, we want more people, you know, doing worship and, and music, we want, we want more people doing these things. We want, there's room for everybody to do something. Small groups, next steps. I mean, Belinda's been doing next steps for maybe two years. Man, we'd like to go deeper with that and have different people doing next steps. All I'm saying is, is let's sign up and let's do something. That's when you get connected to a group of people. That's when you begin to feel a part of something is when you're doing something. But as long as you're on the outskirts, okay, and not doing nothing, then guess what? You're a dislocated member. Dislocated. There's a place for you. And like they were saying, you know, when they, those two guys, the, the, the two linebackers that were hitting heads, and, and he was saying that, what do you mean team? There's no team. Well, if you listen to that whole conversation, what he was really saying was is nobody was actually covering themselves. It was everybody was doing their own thing. We're a team. And when one person suffers, the Bible says, the whole team suffers. 
So if we have one person that's not here, then guess what? The whole team can suffer because of that one person. Just like if my arm was not here right now and I didn't have my arm, I could still function. But if somebody wanted to shake my right arm, I'd have to borrow Jake's. I mean, I don't have a right arm. If I didn't have but one leg, I could still get around. But I might not be able to outrun, outrun Connie. She may outrun me. Amen? But I'd get there. It just may take me a little while. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could function with not all the members being in place, but how many of you know when I've got all my members in place, I can function. I can do it a lot better. Amen? And, wrong, and y'all can read this because we're going to do this next week. We're going to actually take, I was going to do something else, but we're going to do something else next week. We're going to actually talk about the body of Christ. I want you to go to, uh, not today, but I want you just to uh, study uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then we're going to get into it next week about the body. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Will y'all come back next week and let's talk about the body? Amen? Because you need to know you are important. And everything you do matters. This worship team, they're a part of the body. So that means when they're doing their thing, guess what? The body is functioning. It's functioning. The media is doing their thing. Guess what? It's working together. <laughs> Lights are working. The words are working. But guess what? What if Brandon wasn't back there? Nobody was back there on the computer. We wouldn't have no words. Would we still be able to worship? Yeah. But is it better to have the words? Absolutely. What about the coffee every Sunday morning? Could we function without the coffee? No. <laughs> but, but them coming in and others coming in and setting up a coffee station, it matters. What if, what if, what if nobody was with the kids and the kids had to be in here all the time? They would be ticked. Kids go ahead and say, amen, hallelujah. But we have a beautiful place with a lot of great workers that are actually helping them. Well, I should say a lot. Let me read back up. Do, 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 do. We have a few good workers. We need more. Amen? So if you're at this church, okay, and I'm going to ask you to do this next week too. If you're at this church and you call this church your home and you may not be involved, okay, I don't believe God's encouraging that, Okay? Let me say it where everybody can hear it. I don't believe God's encouraging that. So what I want you to do is not make a commitment today, but we have connect cards on the back of these chairs. Get one. Take it home. Pray, pray, pray. And ask Holy Spirit what He would have you to do. You may say, well, well what I want to do, y'all don't really have that ministry for. Okay, well then take B. Well, B's not here neither. Okay, take C. Because we'll start where C is, and then we'll work our way back up, and eventually A will be there. But doing nothing until what you want to do appears is not the right thing. We're a small church. we got big plans. We want to get places. But guess what? We've got to appreciate the small. We've got to value where we're at and watch God do some big things. And in closing, I do want to read one more scripture, Brandon. And y'all can go ahead and stay in the bank and go ahead and come on up. Hallelujah. I know y'all been sitting for a while. But I just really want to read this out of the Amplified, Brandon. It's going to be uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 27 in the Amplified. I want to read this, and I want this to be something that we just kind of consecrate our lives to Him today as we close. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, this is in the Amplified version. Then Jesus said to his disciples, this is in the same chapter that he was saying he was going to build his church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. I want you to hear what he says to his disciples and he is saying this to everybody in this room. You need to take note of this. This is the master, the king. 
And one thing about the kingdom of God you need to also, because we live in a democracy, we live in a, a, a place where every voice matters and everybody's chatter, chatter, chatter. In the kingdom of God, it's not ran that way. You have a king. And you have his decrees. And that's it. It's not up for debate. In the kingdom of God, it's already settled. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. So he says this right here in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples and to everybody at Revolution Church, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must do what? Deny himself. Set aside selfish interest and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. That's strong language, man. If you're going to follow Jesus. It don't sound like some of the followers that I, I, I hear today that are living like this right here. But this is the one we say we follow. He goes on. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. If we're living for him, we're doing for him, I'm telling you guys, it's going to be a great day. Because he goes on to say this. For what will a man, or what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world... Wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There's people that sell out to the devil. They sell out to the world for things and materialism. For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory and majesty of his Father with his angels, and then he, it's capital letters in mine, will repay each one in accordance with what he or she has done. Now guys, if you're doing something for the Lord... And I'm not just talking about inside the church, but I'm going to tell you something. This is the place that we get right. And as we get this right, it gets everything else right outside the world. This is a place we practice the kingdom of God. And when we do this right, I promise you that out there is going to line up. Amen. You get your spiritual life in order, I'm telling you, your life will be in order. If our spiritual life is just clogged up, I'm telling you, everything else in your life is going to be clogged. Y'all know what I'm saying is true. I mean, you come to a church service and somebody's preaching, somebody's doing something, man, you start thinking, man, I tell you what, I'm going after God. Mm, yeah, that's it. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I mean, he'll be sharing stuff with you guys. He'll be speaking to you guys in the service like this or, or more anywhere. You know, and you start saying, man, I want to change. I want to be like this Jesus. And then we leave and it's like... I'm telling you guys, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to be sold out. Today's the day to go all in. So as the band plays, guys, I want to give you guys an opportunity because really, guys, I know we say, say a prayer and repeat after me and you'll be saved and all that's fine and dandy, but what I just read is he that wants to follow me. Not just he that wants to say a prayer. That's good. But a lot of times we say the prayer in two weeks, you're doing the same things you did before you said the prayer. But when you say yes to following Jesus, something changes. The Bible says you die. You deny yourself. You say yes to Him. So today I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes, bow your head. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me?
Don't look around. But just ask the Holy Spirit, what is He saying to you? What is He saying to you? Is there something that you need to get right today? Is there somebody in your life that you've kind of held things against that you need to let go, you need to forgive? Maybe you're here today and you may feel like, you know, you don't belong and you may feel like your life's no good and you're not even worthy to be here. If that's you or on anything, I want you to just be bold enough to come up to the front and I'd like to join hands with you and just pray with you, whatever it is. Maybe you just don't know Jesus and you'd like to make Jesus your Lord and you would like to begin to follow Him today. I'd love to be able to join hands with you and pray. Maybe you're here today and you may be sick and you may be having symptoms in your body and you want somebody to pray with you. I'd love to be able to pray with you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for this word. We thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us and challenging us today. I thank you, Lord, that the word did not fall on deaf ears, but, Father God, it fell on ears that are, are ready to, to not only hear, but to do what you say. Then the days to come that we're not going to just say we know Jesus. We're going to literally follow Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in each one of our lives, that we will train, we will work, we will train, and we'll continue to, 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 to draw closer to you. And do the things that you desire for us to do, to be able to do the things that you want us to do. Father, I give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Let's just kind of sing a line and then guys, we're going to be dismissed. And before we are dismissed, I want to say this guys before we do the song. Friday night, my wife had a little uh, ladies fellowship and many of the ladies came. Well, she actually prayed. She prays all the time, okay. <laughs> but she prayed and she asked the Lord to give something to the ladies. And if you were here, you, you, you heard the letter that she read to you guys, but she made some copies of that letter. And if you was not able to make it, we're going to have it available for you out there. I highly recommend you get that letter. It is a powerful letter from God to you, okay? So let's just worship God, and then we're going to go get something to eat. But thank you all so much for coming today. We love you guys. We are going to win, guys. We're going to do this. Together as a family, we are going to do this. Amen? Together, all right? We love you guys. Let's just worship real quick, and then we'll go eat.